What's up, y'all? We did a fun rundown of the World Baseball Classic in honor of them announcing the rosters tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Had Cousin Joey on, co-hosting with me. Uh, he did a good job. Had a really good time. Could tell he took a few hits from the bong before the show. But we had some laughs and did a, a good rundown of, of everything going on WBC. That is going to kick off uh, the second week of March. I think it's March the 8th. So enjoy listening to tonight's World Baseball Classic preview show, I guess you'd call it, on the Pine Tar Podcast. Pine Tar Podcast here with Cousin Joey. He's put together a hell of a show for us tonight. How you doing, bud? Yeah, so I think last time we talked, we were talking about world baseball classic stuff and uh here we are spring training pitchers and catchers are all in session Yeah, I mean, we're coming up on a month. Won't be long. You uh, going to work opening day? You gonna be Well, I mean, I guess there aren't that many games actual opening day, right? So it doesn't even matter. But um, you doing anything cool for opening day? Yeah, man, excellent. So uh, we got some good stuff on tap tonight. Um, you sent me a really cool graphic off Instagram from Barstool Baseball, and I didn't even know about that account until you sent it to me, but, um, oh, that's why. Mm-hmm. Do you like those guys? I like Carabas okay. Uh Braden, kind of wacky dude. I haven't I haven't listened to him that much, so Yeah, I, I still remember that. That was like twenty ten or twenty eleven. I, I remember that. Probably the last time the Oakland A's will have a perfect game. Manaya got one. Yeah. Yeah, he had a no-hitter. So the the graphic they had, it said, rank these four young stars. I actually did it with a guy I work with who's pretty into baseball because um, it's not easy. So the four guys pictured, you got J-Rod, Julio Rodriguez, you've got Juan Soto, you've got Ronald Acuna, and you've got Fernando Tatis. And, I mean, it's kind of like the conundrum baseball is like they've got all these marquee young stars, but 
you know, it's hard to like place them. So how would you rank those four guys? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a hot take by you putting uh, Julio fourth. Yeah, no, I agree. Like his resume, it's it's not quite there yet. Right. I think the thinking is like, I, I, I mean, I think the thinking is for people that love J-Rod, he's like a healthier, younger version of Acuna. Because I remember having all these same feelings about Acuna, right, when he came up and after year two. And it's like Julio's all that without like any of the baggage and any of the injuries. Um, but, you know, you're right. I mean, you don't really know, like, would it be all that shocking to see J-Rod have um, you know, kind of a little bit of a down season or a little bit less than what he had last year, it wouldn't be a big deal, you know? So I'm with you. Like we, he's really kind of a wild card still. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to hear like you've got Acuna at least up there with Soto. I would actually, I would actually go Acuna one. I would go Julio two. I would pro gosh, that's tough though. After, after that Soto and Tatis, I'm probably going to go Soto three and Tatis four. But I'll close that by saying I think Tatis is a guy, I think he's going to play like 90 games this year, 90. And he could put up easily, easily. He could do something insane like hitting 35 homers and drive in like 80 and steal 30 bases in 90 games. And people will talk about it like he hit 70. You know what I'm saying? Because, it, you know, he'll he'll be at a, some insane pace. That won't shock me at all, you know. Um, so who who would you go one and two? Yeah. And I, yeah, exactly. And it's scary how, like, people have kind of forgotten about him, right? I mean, every every young player has kind of a slide back year. He got – he got traded last year. He was on a terrible team. Like, he could easily, easily. He was tracking, like, left-handed Manny Ramirez, you know, his first, I think, four or five years. He could easily be the best hitter and, like, win a triple crown. And, he, and, and like, people are ranking him as low as, like, you know, 9 and 10 in fantasy. So, yeah. Um, 
Same with Acuna. I mean, Acuna, when he hits a bomb, he's in the other dugout. Yeah, I mean, I would much rather watch Latin ball players at this point. You know, I'm I'm almost an old white, and um, you know, I like the way they play. I like how they have a yeah. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, and like I personally I like watching them. I mean, you know, it's like they're they've got the thing I like about them most, it's not all the exciting things they do. It's that in a huge moment, they don't seem to play as tight as other players. Like they have a slower heartbeat. Um they just seem to to stay relaxed and you know, these guys in like clutch moments are just, you know, f phenomenal phenomenal guys. M much less than white players. Um, well, hey, well, final word on Acuna. Like, do you think that he has a bounce back year or like, what do you expect out of him this year? Well, he has to, uh, yeah, but I'm, but what do you think happens? You don't think he can hit 40? I mean, he had he had 40 a couple years ago. He had 40 and he had 39 stolen bases. Like, I thought that would be a perennial every year thing for him. And, and um, he went into the last day. I think he needed, like, one stolen base and he didn't steal the bag. But he was almost 40-40. 2019? Yeah. He was insane that year. I mean, I remember thinking this dude's going to be the best player for 10 years and there's no looking back. I don't know. I feel like the the talk is is so much towards Harris. And you're right. It's we're going to either he's either going to put his stamp on like the Braves this year as his team or he'll have like a down year and say like he wants a new contract elsewhere or something it wouldn't shock me, but um having that fantasy rooting interest in Acuña I certainly hope he bounces back and, and maybe claims the top player. Um, yeah.
Wait, ask that again. Lewis, Kyle Lewis, right? Yeah, isn't that crazy? That that is really that was, but that was the COVID year, right? Forty games or whatever. I think that's when I think Kyle Lewis had like a good fifty games, and people went nuts about it. I want to say that, um, and it was just like you know, it's like you can't put much stock into it. You know, yeah, he had a good month and a half. Mm hmm. Um, so you, you want to talk about free agents, right? Well, I'm, I mean, I was in Mexico, so I was off the radar a little bit, but did I hear he, he's hurt again? I mean, it's not good, man. Not good. I mean, I, I just have to wonder, do you ever see him make more than like 12 or 16 starts again? He might just be a guy that you're paying him all that money and he, and he gives you a good two months, and then if you get to the postseason, he's going to be healthy then. It, it's just weird. I, I watched the Nolan Ryan documentary on my flight home, and – I was thinking about a guy like DeGrom. I I thought it was great. I I was it really surprised me. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Yeah, I loved when they they quizzed all the Hall of Famers how many Cy Youngs has uh Nolan won. When how about all the Hall of Famers he's Cade? Yeah, Randy Johnson. Yeah, I mean I'd almost rather talk about that documentary than than new faces and new places. I mean, I I thought it was just it's phenomenal how long he pitched. He pitched parts of four decades from the sixties to the nineties. Yeah, Pudge Rodriguez, and I mean, they showed his first catcher, right? And his first catcher was like an old, old man, you know? So, yeah. In Cleveland? 
I think it was in Cleveland, right? You'll have to figure that out. That's your homework for the next podcast to tell that story. Yeah, I was out in, I was in Mexico with a guy um, and he had a Rangers jersey on and I was asking him why he liked them. And he said when he was little, he saw Nolan Ryan pitch live and I was like, oh, wow. I said, you know, what was that like? You know, I was like, that had to be a pretty cool thing. I mean, guy only makes so many starts, especially in our lifetime. And yeah, that I would never forget seeing a guy like that pitch. I think the biggest name guy I ever saw pitch was, was I saw Clemens and I saw Maddox. Um, you saw Clemens? That's sweet. Oh, wow. That is cool. Wow. Yeah, I love that documentary, though. I was so happy to run into that. Like, I, it ate up an entire... Actually, it ate up my flight from Mexico to Dallas. So, loved, uh, loved seeing that. Um... Yeah, I'm not that excited about Degrom. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Rodone. Um, Twenty-seven million a year. Um, I just, I don't know, man. I, I, I feel like he has, he's got great stuff when he's on, but it's crazy to think how little he ha- he's done to to get that. I, I think he'll have some nice starts, but he's probably a, an ERA around four. I mean, I think Verlander's a guy you could still see being an anomaly at age, you know, forty. Um, for the Mets. Man, Texas Texas money spends spends long, I guess. Um Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you a guy I could see doing actually well, and this is going to surprise some people. I think that uh, Syndergaard could actually have the best year of his career for the Dodgers, that the Dodgers are good at just kind of getting that out of a guy, and then he'll earn like a six-year deal somewhere else, but he's on a one-year prove-it deal right now. Um, He's never been the strikeout guy that people thought. He still might not be, but do not be shocked if he's like an all-star and puts together like a hell of a half season or three-quarters of a season. Um, and win some big games for the Dodgers while they're waiting to get Bueller back. And that won't shock me at all.
It is. Well, they like guys like that that are versatile. You know, he, he, he's. God, it's a lot of money for Zach Eflin. Boy, are you right on that? But he was closing games. Don't be shocked if he's in like an opener role, and a and a closer role to get like the toughest six outs. I could see Tampa doing all kinds of wacky shit with him. But it is a weird signing. You're right for that much money to think you could be Zach Eflin and make twenty million a year. No doubt. I mean, I'll give you one more, man. Um, the fact that Jordan Lyles is pulling eight and a half million. I mean, that's unbelievable. You know, I mean, he's Drew Smiley getting nine. I mean, that's just insane. Um, you know, I'm trying to look for a value guy here on the list. I don't, you know what? I could see Johnny Cueto earning his eight and a half million pretty easily. He's down in Miami. That's a perfect spot for him. Big ballpark. He's smart. He's going to teach those young pitchers, you know, wait, is he a white Sox or a Marlin? He's a Marlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I feel like I feel like Cueto could shock people and and you know be like a Jose Rio, win like twelve or fourteen games and have a decent ERA and just prove that he's he just knows how to pitch. He's he's already proven that, but yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't shock me at all. Um, that's a good story. Yeah, that was like their marquee offseason move. Bringing, bringing him back to Kansas City for another year. Oh. So you did a really nice job um, finding the, the odds for these, like, the wins leader. Um, running down the top five, you've got Garrett Cole plus 1,000, Verlander plus 1,400, Sh- Shane McClanahan, plus 1500 max Fried plus 1500 and julio arias checking in at five just before bieber at plus 1500 out of those top five who are you putting a hundred dollars on to, to win that much yeah yeah So I would put my like I'd put my money on Verlander, I think, for most wins and Cy Young. Great team. Um, they're gonna man- they already know how to manage like an arm carefully because they've dealt with DeGrom. So I think they're basically getting like a healthy version of DeGrom. I think that was their thinking. Um, I really like his chances. And then you know, I would I'd probably go after that. My favorite guy on the list is Alcantara. I think just from a dominance perspective, he might not have the most wins. He might even finish 11 and 10, but he'll have the best numbers, I think.
Oh, yeah, I, he was my my preseason pick for Cy Young last year. I love his stuff. If he ever puts it all together, he will be he'll have a year that's so phenomenal strikeout wise. It'll look like the old days. Um, now I understand you've got something of a bit of a surprise for me that deals with Czech baseball. Do you want to do you want to do you want to describe it a little bit before I click this mystery link? <laughs> yeah, because it's not baseball. Okay, I'm pulling up Twitter. Here we go. <laughs> I'm a financial trader. I'm a high school teacher. There's an auditor. Oh my gosh, dude. This is incredible. <laughs> he's a woodworker and he's dead serious. This is an incredible find right here. <laughs> Dude. Incredible find, unbelievable find. How many? Okay, so they're obviously not going to win a game. That's what I was going to say. Over, over, under Czech Republic runs three and a half for the entire fucking baseball classic. I don't know if I would take the over three and a half. I mean, I can see those guys not getting past second base. Um, yeah, I might check that out. So go ahead.
Yeah. No, he's shortstop. This is a hard list, man. This is like, oh, it's like, how could you pick anybody but Altuve until somebody knocks him off the hill? I am really high on Jimenez. I'm not that high on McNeil. He kind of does what he does. Albies is the wild card. I don't like McNeil because he sucks ass on MLB The Show and against lefties, his contact's like 32 and I can't get it out of my head. And I had him one year in fantasy. I think it was like his dud year. And, ugh. So how do you rank these guys? surprised you're not higher on him i mean i dude i think he's gonna be phenomenal his hit tool i'm gonna go altuve jimenez albies mcneil well and i think altuve i think altuve has an outside shot at 3,000 hits he could be the last guy we see for a while he might not get there, but he's going to be the last guy in that combo, I think, for quite a while. Maybe. I mean, I don't even know if we see a 3,000 hits guy after that. Mm. He's like, for me, I like him better than McNeil. I mean, he to me, he's like, Kind of like a McNeil. I, I like him. Tommy Edmond. You know what I mean? And he, he's got more position versatility. Doesn't play as much because the Cardinals have so many guys. But um, I like Edmond just as much. But I, he absolutely belongs on there. The jazz train. Oh, yeah, that's right. I think jazz could have a big year. You know, that's a good call. Um, that leads th that leads us nicely into our next segment, huh? Well, I got to tell you, before you say the name, um, First time I saw the guy, well, the first time the guy started to kind of emerge as a little bit of a player, he kind of reminded me of like a poor man's Chase Utley. And it didn't shape up to like where he had a Hall of Fame type career like Utley. 
But at his at his best, he was a hell of a left-handed hitter, second baseman. So, and he just retired. Yeah, dude. Dude, it it feels honestly, if you would have told me tonight, did you know Jason Kipnis retired in 2015? I would have said, Oh yeah, of course. I couldn't it's it seems no, it seems to me. I realize it now. I realize it now, but I but I'm telling you, I've he has been lost on me that long. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. What the heck? It was Kipnis? That was 2011, um, because that's when I got married. So that's, man, that is crazy. Time flies. I remember now. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> you're good at those fun facts especially on uh indians slash guardians guys mm. yeah i mean on this podcast let's just keep calling them the indians is that cool with you so when is the first spring training game before we sign off i mean it's it's i think it's tomorrow Oh my gosh, that's insane. Yeah, those those are the games that count. The ones this week like you'll it's funny you'll see these major league teams with like their C squad and they'll play like some colleges even. And then yeah. Wow. That's tomorrow? Wow. Baseball is here again for the 40th season of my life. Pretty sweet. Yeah. You'll be here before you know it. What are you? 30. That makes you. That makes you 31. 31 this summer. 
Lucky 31. You, you got anything great before we... What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to play him at second. We're going to find out, but, I mean, there's a reason why they let, uh, oh, gosh, who did they let go? Oh, they let Dansby go, yeah. I mean, they say that, like, Ron Washington works with Vaughn all the time. He's got a slick glove. He's going to hit. He is Marquis Grissom's son, correct? Yeah, they're not? Oh, okay. Well, throw that out the window. I need to do a little bit more homework, but I tell you what, Vaughn Grissom's probably white, you know, I'll never forget the time I, th I, 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 I honestly, the, before I, I heard all this great stuff about Jock Peterson, I thought he was black. And so when I first saw him on screen with the Dodgers, I was shocked to learn he was in fact a white man. And as you said last week, a Jewish man. My buddy thought that was hilarious that I, I was like, man, this is Jock Peterson. Like, I thought Jock was like a, you know, like a, I don't know, um, African-American. But, yeah, pretty funny stuff. You're kidding me, right? He's 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 white. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'll tell you what, I will tell you what, you were very young. That son of a gun hit one of the biggest home runs in Indians history that nobody ever remembers. They were left for dead in the ALCS. I think I was I fell asleep. I said they're not they're done this year, and uh, he hit a home run in Baltimore uh, late in the game that won the Indians the game. Ended up propelling them to the World Series, which they eventually lost to the Marlins. But man, huge home run. Marquee, I'm going to say $14.95, and I did not look. How many? Way higher? $2,200. It can't be that high. How many? Are you serious? $151. Higher? Holy shit. Well, you have to remember something. He played for a long time with the Expos and was excellent, and then the Braves and was excellent, and then the Indians. So um, I'm going to say 202. 
That's insane. We should play this game more often. We could call this the Marquee. We could call this the Grissom episode. What year was it, though? What year was it? Okay, you have you, you have to remember, you were very young. Everybody was hitting a lot of home runs then. Still, it was like just coming out. I don't know. No. No, that's not what I'm saying. But got, pitchers were not any good. Uh, guys were – I don't know if the ball was juiced. I mean, Adam Dunn hit 46 that year. That was the year I lived with you. Yeah, offense was – it was double almost what it is today, runs per game for the for the Expos, correct? Yeah, he, he, he was like the one of the last great base stealers as a youngster. Marquise Grissom worked his way into the podcast tonight. I guarantee you we're the only baseball podcast on the planet talking about Marquise Grissom in – 2023 definitely not jason kipnis yep in the czech baseball team bring up yeah, we got to make that a segment. Maybe the uh, random player review. I'll, I'll come up with somebody good. Yeah, yeah. Well, for anybody listening, if you haven't seen it yet, do yourself a favor. Watch the, the Nolan Ryan documentary. Facing Nolan. Facing Nolan. Excellent, Will. A lot of fun as always, brother. And um, we'll do it again soon, okay? All right. Good night, everybody.